Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Packaging is often the first interaction that consumers have with a product. It tells a story, illustrates brand identity, and in some cases, even offers a sensory experience. And for companies, a branding overhaul can translate into revenue. Here to discuss how design can drive brand growth is Steve Lamoureux, CEO and founder of Design Analytics. Hi, Steve, and welcome to the NutriCast. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Tell me a little bit about Design Analytics and what your company does. Yeah, sure. So, Design Analytics measures the design performance of package design and makes the connection between that performance and actual in-market sales performance. We do that by measuring current designs, the ones that you see on the shelf today. I've probably measured them and companies can hire us to measure designs they're thinking of launching either for new products or or redesigns. And and we do that with online market research, most of which is chock full of inventions of better ways of of measuring those so you get a reliable decision support. This is pretty innovative. I can't say I've heard of anything like it. What inspired this idea? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. 30 years ago, I started my career as a brand manager at Procter & Gamble. And uh, through dumb luck and determination, I had a lot of great experiences. I worked on just about everything that you could work on as a brand manager back then. It's pre-internet day, so it's it's not entirely the same list. But uh, the one thing that I realized, frankly, after watching 13 hours of hidden camera footage of people shopping a facial creams and lotion shelf, it occurred to me that these people weren't behaving the way that I was being trained back in the day. You know, this is the the, the golden age of must-see TV and, and the way you grew a brand was with a $50 million ad budget. And the thinking was people would see that ad the night before and then march into the store and find that product, put it in their basket and leave. And what I saw instead was virtually every customer looking at the shelf, considering multiple different brands, picking them off the shelf, and then deciding there at the shelf. So that 13 hours of, uh, of, of video footage really set us on the path to creating design analytics much further down the road, where you could manage something so important that most people don't still don't realize is that important, uh, manage it with objective data so you can make better decisions and better manage this incredibly important asset to a brand. Interesting. So you were talking about how consumers shop at the shelves, but what about online? Does that translate? Is it kind of the same thing? Oh, yeah. In fact, online, you don't have the, you know, an incumbent doesn't quite have the security of knowing where they'll be on that shelf, the position, the adjacencies, the number of offerings. Everything's driven by algorithms and it's highly dynamic. So I would argue that online shopping actually exacerbates the need to manage or design. You have to get attention without that consistency of placement. The competition is endless, right? You have one advantage of walking into local CVS. There's only so many brands you can choose from. It's virtually infinite when you go online. So Mm -hmm. it's uh, every bit as much uh, important in that, especially that key hero shot that is the default picture you'll see when you do any kind of a search, you know, really plays a major role. How much weight does package design have on sales and, and brand growth? Well, here's where we've, because we were the first company out there to measure things 
on a syndicated basis. What that means is we're measuring package design without being invited to do so. So we will activate a category, we'll measure all the packages within that category, and we measure whenever one of those packages changes their design. We're doing that without anyone necessarily, you know, commissioning us to do that. What that means is we're sitting on all of this design performance data for existing brands and for changes. And so what gives me great confidence that design is way more important than most people realize is the fact that when we see a redesign, and we've seen hundreds of them now, and we measured them, when the design performance improves, their sales improve. When design performance declines, which by the way happens like 42% of the time, uh, their sales decline. And that you know, knowing full well, there's all kinds of other factors that could be affecting that. The, you know, the must-see TV television ad that that you know I was brought up thinking was everything. Those are still having an effect on the, the the brand's business, but the fact that it is so tightly correlated with design performance tells you that design is really driving the bulk of those business outcomes. The correlation between design performance and sales performance is so clear and really visible for the first time because we have all of this data on all of these redesigns that it's impossible to dismiss as being a, a minor item. In fact, it has to be a major driver of those sales. Otherwise, we would never see the correlations we do. And one of the reasons why I think that correlation is so high is because design can make your advertising work better. Design can get you better placement on the shelf. Design can get you into a channel of distribution that you were, you know, your sales team was struggling to get into. So I think that helps explain why there's this super high correlation. We're talking about like 96% correlation between design performance as can be measured, even though it hasn't hit the market yet. And the, the ultimate, you know, or at least six months later business outcomes. Wow. So that's a big deal. I mean, so taking all that into consideration, how much money should brands invest in this? Is there, you know, say a rule of thumb percentage wise and how much money they should spend? No, I don't think so. You know, the, those types of ratios apply, tend to apply more to things like promotion and advertising and whatnot. With design, it, it could be, you know, I'll take, I'll give you an example. Um, Tito's Vodka, right? Chances are that 10 years ago, you may not have ever even heard of Tito's Vodka. That is not a particularly expensive label design, right? Rumor has it that it was, you know, done on Microsoft Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet Tito's became the number one selling, not only vodka, but the number one selling spirit brand in America with a single product. I mean, that's just phenomenal. So that tells you that it's not really about investment, um, but rather it's good choices. And so, you know, how much can a design cost? Well, what I like to say is, you know, and I, I stole this from a brand manager on LinkedIn, design's the most expensive, cheap thing you'll ever do. And, and so, you know, he's recognizing the fact that you, you need to do it right. And whatever that happens to cost, if you happen to have a really talented strategic agency or you happen to get lucky, as in the case of, you know, um, Tito's really struck a chord with that design because it said something, that doesn't have to be expensive. What's expensive is trusting your gut or, you know, paying a ton of money to a guru who has a reputation for, for great design. Like those aren't highly correlated. What's highly correlated is simply saying important things better. When we look at our data and when we look at the trends and the track record of of redesigns that have really had an impact, I can boil it down to something as simple as that. Say important things better. So what's important 
And then how do you say it better through design? And so, you know, setting budgets is, I think, is a little bit beside the point. What you really should do is think about how to create design that can drive that, those sales. It doesn't need to be expensive. In fact, it'll be one of the lowest investments you'll make relative to its return. Um, so that's really the important part. Okay. And so when you are measuring the impact of design, what are some of the tools you use to measure it? So our company does all of our measurement online. Um, we, we involve hundreds, if not thousands of consumers uh, for that category who participate in exercises. And uh, I don't want to get too far in the weeds. I don't, I don't think the audience is necessarily, you know, get their statistics degree, but nor did I. <laughs> so, but what we do, you, know, you ask how we measure things. Well, it's all through exercises rather than a survey. Right. In, in the past, people relied on surveys and relied on database results for those surveys. Instead, what we do is a series of exercises that try to get at the important performance factors for design. And if you think about if you're designing for growth, there are two logical ways you can grow your brand with design. One is to get into more of those consideration sets. So those people I saw shopping on that hidden camera footage, you know, they were building consideration sets. They were considering more than one product. In fact, in the, in the food area, I've done some research on this, 65% of the purchase occasions on any given food category, consumers are they're considering more than one product at the shelf. So if you can get into that consideration set, which has a lot to do with getting attention or holding attention, um, that's one thing we measure. So we have an exercise around that that gets into eye tracking and you know findability exercises. The other way you can drive sales is through conversion. So, okay, you're in that consideration set, but you're not alone. So how do you win? How do you get a higher conversion from the same number of consideration sets? And so those are the two ways to win. If you can do both of those, you can see really significant growth. So we have exercises on the conversion side as well. And, and a lot of it comes down to that say important things better. So we have communication exercises that pit a brand against its competitors and asks which of these is the most natural or nutritious or great tasting. And by saying those things, by being that brand that builds consensus around those important attributes within your category, that's what tends to drive sales growth. And tell me about your Designalytics Effectiveness Awards. Yeah, so, you know, I'm not, we, we are driven by this mission for people to realize how critical design is growing. And one way I've mentioned is through this broad you know, landscape analysis of redesigns and their impact. Um, but that can be a little bit dry and it's very data-driven and some people really do better hearing by example, you know, hearing about this relationship through example. So we've been doing this for a couple of years now uh, where we partner with Dyline and they have, the Dyline has an awards, but our specific award is a little bit different where it's, there's not a panel of judges. The judges are the marketplace. And I say that because we have two important measures that are considered in order to identify winners. One is how did sales go? You know, after the redesign, was there an increase in momentum of, or share uh, for, for that particular brand? And can we point to design as being a key driver of that. And so we do our own research on each of the entries to the contest. And, and so if we see that very clearly the design is more effective as measured with our uh, tools and they, the, the brand grew in the marketplace in the six months following the redesign, then that's how we make the decision on, you know, what, what are the best of the best out there? 
you know, there's five winners uh, and, and we have a write-up on each of the winners so people can really understand under a broad spectrum of business situations what made different designs effective. How did they drive the, the share growth that, that resulted? Did you notice one or two trends that maybe all of those winners illustrated and ultimately translated to higher sales? I think in every case, when we measure the, the communication of important attributes, that in every case, those went up. Uh, and not surprisingly, that is highly correlated with people indicating a purchase preference for those designs. So it's not, you know, it, it, I couldn't say that, well, yeah, they all use the color black effectively or anything like that. It really comes down to, well, what are the assets at their disposal? What does the market look like? What are those important things that need to be communicated and how do you improve upon that? So looking at the five different winners, there there really are a whole bunch of different formulas, if you will. If if you were asking about trends, there's something, there, there's many trends that we see in the marketplace. Frankly, not a lot of them have a high correlation with, with successful outcomes. Uh, but something that I have seen more and more of is uh, communicating sensory elements of the product, whether that is, you know, the taste profile or a flavor or ingredient or, you know, bringing things to, to life with, with a visual, I think is a consistent, you know, effective strategy that, I, that I'm seeing across a lot of successful redesigns. Yeah, you mentioned you've got a write-up on each of the products at one, and one of them was Dove Body Wash. And uh, Dove Body Wash improved on an already top performing design by leveraging ingredient photography. And I'm just wondering, are ingredients becoming more important to consumers? I think they do, as long as, as seeing those ingredients are important in that category and that they're done in an effective way. So, you know, a wood carving of an orange may not do as well as a, a hyper-realistic illustration or photography. Uh, so it really depends on how it's executed and what role it plays for that particular product. In the case of Dove, you, you point out what what was fascinating about it to me was uh, it's a bit of a high wire act if you have a high performing design. And it was one of the top performers in that category as measured by, you know, by our, our syndicated uh, service. Uh, and yet they embarked on a redesign, which, you know, if it's a high bar, it's hard to get over it, quite frankly. And the, you know, their agency force majeure did a, did a wonderful job of reorienting the package so that the, the visual image, which very often does highlight either an ingredient or that trademark, you know, pour of, of moisturizer into a splashing puddle, that that became a, a more dominant piece of the, the design. It's higher in the hierarchy, as people would say. And that seemed to really work for them, and which is, is fantastic. The, the moral of this story is even if you think you have an effective design, and even if you could prove that you have an effective design versus your competitors, there's probably still room for improvement, or it's at least worth trying. And if you try and, and you, know, you get an indication that, that this is working harder, then that means you're going to maintain that position, that leadership position, because things change very quickly out there. And especially in the food area, there's a lot of challenger brands that are changing the way we think about what our products should deliver or finding new ways to be differentiated in the marketplace. And suddenly things that worked before don't work anymore. So it's important to continue to do that. Dove is a great story. Most brand managers would shy away from you know, taking any kind of a risk with a, a, a very effective design to begin with. They did. And, and for the first time, they broke 20 share in, in the market. 
I think the visual played a, a role and uh, a few other things, but the, the really exciting part of that story is taking something that's already winning and make it win more. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty impressive. And so when you look at, you know, maybe two or three years ago compared to now in the past year, have you noticed the way consumers shop? Have they changed in the way consumers are looking at packaging? Hmm. Um, gosh, that's a really good question. I was certainly online, you know, the, the, the numbers tell the story that the way people are shopping is very different during COVID. I, I think the amount of time they would spend building that consideration set was abbreviated, not to mention, you know, all of the online purchase, even if it's an in-store pickup, all of that changed. And so that's naturally going to change, you know, how things work. I'll give you an example of one, one way in which that works, seeing an image online, particularly when it's, you know, the result of a search or you've navigated to, you know, let's say the Chardonnay aisle, you're seeing packages at a much smaller scale than you would see inside the store. And one of our winners, in fact, the grand prize winner was uh, Dark Horse from Gallo. They had a very effective design and a successful brand similar to Dove. But what they did was they paused and said, okay, well, how can we improve upon this? And really that's a story of, they had built this really interesting distinctive asset with, with a profile of a horse's face that has this you know hidden um, one glass inside. And, and, and that was, uh, you know, maybe it was 20% of the, of the real estate of the label. And so knowing that a lot of sales were moving to online and that the representation of the package was much smaller, the agency did something really smart. They zoomed out <laughs> instead of zooming in and, and working on the fine details of the package, they zoomed out and said, okay, you know, how do we have this stand out and communicate things even when it's just a thumbnail? And so I think that's one of the ways in which, you know, these major shifts that are happening in terms of how people are shopping should be considered when, when trying to evolve your package to work best across all um, classes of trade and, and, you know, forms of retail. So for brands who maybe want to do a design overhaul, but don't know where to begin, what should they consider and how do they get started on implementing some strategic rebranding moves? Yeah, great question. The The place I would recommend everyone start is to understand their current design. Like if, if they currently exist, there's, you know, there's two scenarios. You could have an existing brand and you're doing a redesign or you're trying to enter a category. Um, in either case, the upfront homework is, is super important and very often facts are assumed or, or you know, divined on what the objective of the redesign is and what the agency should focus on. But if you go to an agency and say, here, I want you to make this package sell more, there's an infinite number of paths that they can take. And that's really frustrating for an agency. If you want an agency to create something quickly and, and effectively, you need to give them direction. And in order to have direction, you need objective understanding of how is my current design doing and how are the other designs in the category that I'm competing against doing. And so you can do that through research. You know, there's a variety of ways to do it, but it's an important step that you shouldn't skip because that will reveal, Should if you're using good research, it should reveal a path to playing a bigger role in that category, right? So if, if no one in the category is really communicating, let's say natural, and you think that natural is a growing important attribute in your category, well, there you go. You can write a creative brief that says, 
agency. I want my brand and make it, you know, improve the perception of naturalists. You know, I have a natural product. I have a bunch of claims I can make, but help me understand how that can be telegraphed through design. And, and that's really the best way to get started. Uh, understand your current design, understand the category, find a likely path to winning in that category, and then give that clear direction to a, a talented strategic agency. Lots of great stuff to keep in mind. And before I let you go, any new research or updates, news that you want to share with us? One of the things we do is, is, as I said, we measure these redesigns and we're trying to share those stories more and more so that, you know, subscribers to our offering are learning with every, you know, it's like going to business school and doing case studies, right? The more case studies you can expose yourself, the, the, the better off you'll be. And I saw a really interesting one this morning. It'll, it'll, we'll probably be making it public soon. And it's one of the Hershey bar, uh, you know, the Hershey chocolate bar. It's been around since I think 1894 or something like that. And not a lot of package design changes. And quite frankly, not a lot of television advertising or other forms of advertising. I'm sure they have a full marketing plan, but this is the first time that they changed the package in a significant way. And what they did was they brought in a visual of the chocolate bar onto the package where before you can imagine what the package looks like that deep Brown with, with, you know, um, silver foil on the Mm -hmm. edges and logo. I'm getting hungry right now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's exactly the point. They shrunk down that logo enough to put in a bit of a food violator, if you will. And they've got this gorgeous shot of the chocolate bar that we all know and love, but trying to imagine it is different than actually seeing it. And it makes you hungry for that, for that product. And so when we put that into tests and a lot of people think that, you know, geez, I don't want to do a redesign because, you know, people have come to look for that product in that way, or that's what they're familiar with and people don't like unfamiliar. Well, I'm not seeing strong evidence of that because as soon as you show something that is better, Suddenly they, they, they don't choose the old one because they're familiar with it. They're choosing the new one because it's, it's, it's doing something and it has to do something that's, you know, lives within the kind of the permission structure of that brand. But in this case, seeing that chocolate on the package resulted, I forget what the, the, the range I just saw it this morning, but there's like a two to one preference for the new design over the old design. And so that feeds into this trend that I'm seeing of, you know, visualization appeal to people's subconscious in in some cases you know triggering those sentiments and emotions and 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 taste appeal and and appetite and all those things really fascinating the fact that that is an unchanged package design for the most part for over 100 years it's another one of those high wire acts right you can imagine there's there was a fair amount of hand wringing at, at the hershey company before doing that but as it turns out it seems like it's a big winner and if 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 our correlations hold true, then I'm 95% certain uh, they're going to see an increase in sales, even if they're not doing any extra advertising or anything else. It's just, you know, it's another point in a consistent story. But the fact that it's chocolate and it's Hershey, you know, just makes it um, really interesting, a really great way to pose dynamics to life. Definitely. Lots of great information for CPG companies to keep in mind if they want to drive some brand growth and and who doesn't, right? (laughs) Steve Lamoureux, CEO and founder of Designalytics. It was a pleasure having you on here on the NutriCast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Danielle. If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.